The Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This is The Next Generation with me, your host, McKenna Cassidy. For the next 30 minutes, I invite you to explore with me what young adults are up to in the Italian wine scene. Today, let's feast on our discussion of Italian wine, travel, food, and culture. Thank you for being here. Grab a glass with us. Cin cin. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Hello, I am McKenna Cassidy. I'm here with Giulia Sciotti from Fantini Wines. And we're going to have a conversation today about under 30s and what's happening in the wine industry in Italy. So thank you for joining me, Giulia. Thank you so much, McKenna. Where are you coming from today? I come from the greenest region of Italy, Abruzzo. It's a beautiful region, a little bit unknown but uh, mm-hmm. full of uh, green, of course. It's Mountain and sea, yeah, it's very green. <laughs> Are there rivers and lakes in and amongst Abruzzo or only the ocean? Um, I'm actually come from the uh, coastal side of Abruzzo, oh, but okay. uh, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the green. Uh, we have uh, a big number of national parks. That's why it's, uh, oh. they call it the green lamp of Italy. Beautiful. Yeah. It reminds me of green Spain. And, exactly. And, uh, so we have green Italy as well. Green Italy. And what are you familiar with the trees and flowers and bushes, like many different types of plants? Of course, yes. Oh. I mean, we grew up uh, in, uh, let's say, in, in, in the wood. In the, in the woods, wood. in the outside. <laughs> in the countryside. Beautiful. And the vines thrive there, I'm sure. Uh, it's basically, it's so a region lush. which is dominated by olive oil trees and uh, vineyards. Oh. So I can say that wine is my is is in my DNA. Yes, you're you're a part of the landscape, <laughs> a part of the wine, part of it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's such a treat. I know that we're starting a new chapter in the young um, under thirties kind of perspective on wine and we hope to make new friends of Italian wine so the Italian wine industry can continue to grow and I'm so excited I I haven't learned about Fantini before so this is a treat for me um, to get to know more directly from you. I know that one of the models for Fantini is wine is a story and I'm hoping to get more into that later. I know it's um, Italy's largest boutique winery and I know we'll get into that a little bit later too. But let's just start at the beginning. What's the Fantini winery story and, and how can someone understand it? Of course. So Fantini is relatively young because it uh, was born in 1994. So it's younger okay. than me for sure. <gasps> uh, is, it was born in 1994 from uh, three friends okay. that uh, decided to... They, they were called the three dreamers because they didn't have a lot of money. And they oh. wanted to become the largest boutique winery of Italy. So mm-hmm. it was a very challenging uh, project, I would say. But they started with um, an innovative business model mm-hmm. because instead of uh, investing money in uh, buying a very nice winery or investing in buying property, they decided to, that to achieve the quality uh, doesn't mean having been be the pro, the owner of a vineyard, mm. but uh, especially in the south of Italy, uh, where you have uh, it's plenty of vineyard as I told you before, and uh, there are many growers that have very small 
plot is one hectare, two hectare maximum. Mm. Uh, the synonym of quality, to achieve quality, actually, uh, you, you actually, you should work with them instead of buying a big winery, a big, big property, a big vineyard. Because sometimes uh, uh, when you have um, such a big uh, property, you, uh, you cannot take care of it uh, as a mother, uh, as, as a grower. Because, uh, for example, my grandmother, Nonna Rita, she still has uh, her own vineyard and she's basically take care of it like a mother with a child, you know. Right. So when, when it's time for harvesting, if, for example, one part of the vineyard is not ready yet, okay. so she starts harvesting just one side of the vineyard and she waits until the grapes are ready to be harvested. Mm. So she can wait also three, four days. And something like that is difficult to achieve if you have one big crop. Yeah, because when oh. it's time to harvest, you harvest. And uh, so this, this for us was a synonym of quality, of uh, pursuing, uh, let's say, pay okay. attention to detail. And this uh, is like um, a little bit like a restaurant with a chef, no? So you can have the best ingredient, okay. uh, the best uh, raw material, but then you need to have a chef that uh, it's able to transform this raw material in something unique. So that's why at the beginning we had to choose because we didn't have a lot of money and we had to choose uh, where to invest. And we decided to invest in a winemaking team. So since the beginning, we start uh, having a lot of winemakers coming from abroad, from uh, South Africa, from Chile, from Argentina. Mm. And they, were, they stayed with us for one year, two years. And uh, they also had the possibility also to do the micro-fermentation. Uh, so also to learn, yeah. they, they learn from us, but we also learn from them. Okay. And, uh, what is that micro-fermentation, if I can interrupt you? What it, does that mean? It's, um, it's basically a fermentation in a small size, so kind of experimental. So okay. trying different type of yeast, so different type of fermentation, but in a small size, in small tanks. Oh, just like a couple gallons. Exactly. Kind of a R&D, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so then you can scale exactly. up. Okay, exactly. so they were doing it that exactly. Nice. And, um, and nowadays, we have 21 winemakers. So we are probably we are the only one having so many winemakers. Mm. But because for us, as I told you, it's like a rest, uh, chef in a restaurant. So the chef that got the Michelin stars, it's someone that have fantastic raw material, but then from this raw material can transform it something unique. Uh, for us, wow. it's very important uh, investing in a young generation Indeed, our winemakers uh, are all, uh, un ma the majority are under 30. Uh, they had uh, international experience, so some of them lived uh, in Argentina, some, some other in Australia. Mm. And they are very, uh, you know, this, this helps us also for um, considering the situation now with the climate change. So having people that already uh, saw um, different type of climate and mm -hmm. how the climate can influence the, the, the wine mm -hmm. and they can react fast. Uh, so having this type of... Uh, yeah. So how do they... So obviously they're from different countries in the world. They've seen different climates. Yeah. Have they expressed to you how those climates 
relate or are different to the one in Abruzzo? Like, how, what's the difference? The difference is basically that now, for example, we're living in a, in a situation where the climate is a little bit uncertain. So okay. uh, we're facing a very rainy period in, the, in April, June. So it can okay. be a risk or uh, maybe mm-hmm. also the very hot climate during the summertime. So having people that are already open-minded, they already see how the vines react can help us also to uh, don't lose anything that that uh, the nature gives us uh, when uh, the grapes oh, are ripe so to the they, cellar, you know. Okay, they can adapt because they've Absolutely. seen, and you want to be yeah. careful of rain after of flowering course. and all of that, exactly. so they're aware of how to pivot or maximize <laughs> exactly. the results. Okay, so just to recap, so I understand, it sounds like Fantini chose to invest in winemakers and then partner with vineyards in the area of smaller size, but that were managed individually so, so they we, could be yeah, harvested accurately. We have long-term contract with the growers. Okay. And instead of uh, working like a cooperative where the growers bring the grapes to the seller and based on the volume uh, they receive, basically they are paid. Right. Uh, we don't want to stress the, the growers. So they, if we ask them, for example, to cut a little bit because there is an overproduction, so to cut a little bit of grapes and leave it uh, right, leave right. On, the, on the ground, yeah, they need to be lines. free and they, they don't be stressed on do it. So that's why okay. instead of paying by volume, we pay by the, the size of the vineyard. And in this oh, way, they are relaxed honest. and uh, they follow our uh, quality protocol, which is... Um, uh, which uh, which our winemakers uh, are very strict on it, so that's why. And we nowadays we have two thousand growers that are uh, wow. working with us. That's so they're say so you say okay, we'd like you to farm this section of the vineyard. Yeah, we're just going to pay for this section or this vineyard. No, basically we have um, we select by quality protocol uh, con- by the by our quality um, protocol. Standards, we select yeah. standards. We select uh, the vineyard that uh, for us are um, where are positioned in the right condition, right uh, condition okay. in the right ter- uh, terroir, mm-hmm. and uh, we make contract with the growers. So they mm, take care of the grow uh, of the vineyard until the grapes is ready to be harvested. Then after the harvesting, they brought us the grapes in the cellar. And once the grape arrived to the cellar, we have this team of uh, 21 winemakers that are taking care of every single step of uh, of the vinification That's because wonderful. we have we are a winery that was born in Abruzzo but nowadays we are in the seven region of Italy mm-hmm. so in the all center south of Italy so we are in Puglia Basilicata in Campania Sicilia mm. Sardinia and Tuscany for those who are listening, there is a wonderful map on the Fantini yes. Wines website, and you can see all the different areas they're <laughs> in. As you can tell by what Julia is describing, it's a very um, honest model that's yeah. protecting <laughs> everyone involved. And yeah, also you know, also the um, uh, the local uh, the uh, the local economy because um, uh, we invest also in regions that are less known. For example, uh, Basilicata region, which is right. a little bit less known, and there are a lot of young generation that couldn't find job, they couldn't find you know a future in their uh, region. So some of them they just uh, moved uh, in the north part of Italy. Yeah. So we invest there, we create a, a job position. We we also hope uh, we have our uh, bottling facility and the uh, vinification okay. plant. So. It's also a way also to repay uh, the region and the the, the local society mm. of uh, 
And it seems like a more gentle introduction to a to a society, obviously, yeah. that's already existing instead of just walking in and yeah. purchasing something. Exactly. You're already integrating to what exactly. systems are there. That's very cool. Wonderful. And I was wondering, too, I, I noticed, like, kind of a theme of it seems to be an investment in the long term and, like, the future and richness for for a long time, like, moving forward. And I was wondering, do you think that young people have that long view or are they kind of in a mindset of quick gratification like there seems to be a contrast between like the style of investment that Fantini's doing and kind of this tendency to kind of want things now 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 but you're making like a longer term view and investment which is cool exactly of course it's a trade-off because um, mm-hmm. you can have the return on investment in this way it's a little bit longer but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's something that uh, is concrete so it's really it's something that uh, it's a long-term vision I would say mm-hmm. and uh, definitely repaid because uh, we grow uh, starting from uh, the 1994 our company grow every every year year uh, of five percent more or less per year so it's uh it's it's interesting it's a very That's challenging cool. uh challenging business i would say mm-hmm. you can't grow 100 percent in one year you can grow 100 no. percent over of 20 course, 30 years of which is a good reminder for the youth who want yeah. it all right now no, <laughs> to, to think of it a little more mature <laughs> that's awesome are you enjoying this podcast Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. And then another important thing, I would say, it's also the the packaging, because uh, for us, uh, it's important to have a great product in terms of quality, so the one that uh, needs to to be great, but uh, uh, since we are young, uh, I would say relatively young Uh winery, it's important also to catch the attention of our consumers. So packaging, uh, the style of the bottle, we really like pay attention also on the type of label. Different. We are very innovative on that. So okay, are all your bottles circles? Do you have a square shaped bottle? We have so of many different type of okay. uh, shape bottle shape because we we really like to change. We are very pro- pro- provocative, I will say, nice. so a little bit provocative because, <laughs> uh, for example, one of the bottle, one of the wines that uh, we launched uh, last year was a bottle that was very stretched and long. Okay. Uh, a little bit similar to an olive oil bottle, so it catch attention oh. on the on the shelf. Like slender and tall. Yes, very tall. Yeah. Was it still seventy five cl? Like still normal? It's seventy five. Yes. That's awesome. But it's very stretched and long, so that's why it looks a little bit uh, bigger oh. than. Uh, what wine was that for? Uh, sensuale. Oh, also, fabulous. the name was yeah was chosen uh, on purpose. <laughs> also, the shape of the bottle it was a little bit you know sensual. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> what grapes were in the wine? Uh, we have a white uh, wine which is a Grillo, one hundred percent Grillo, Beautiful. and another one is a rosé and is a um, blend of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Nerello Mascalese, and Merlot. Oh, uh, yeah. Both of the wines are produced in our uh, winery in uh, Sicily. 
Sounds like it. That's great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and where in Sicily is that winery? In Sambuca di Sicilia. It's a okay. beautiful area, uh, not too far from Agrigento. Okay. Uh, it's a fantastic area because even in Sicily in the south, and uh, normally you think that Sicily is very hot, of course. Yes. Uh, in that area, it's always ventilated because you have it's full of hill. Okay. We are in the uh-huh. Valle del Belice. Okay. And there is also a lake in the center, so oh. it's also a water source, which is very important, okay. especially with the draw of the summer season. Okay. And it's fantastic because you have different type of soil, uh, combination uh-huh. of soil, and, and they're very close to each other. So you, you can have uh, one own, uh, one big vineyard and uh, with different type of soil, uh, soil composition oh. in the same plot. So, different conglomerates. Yeah. Do you know what kind of soils are in? Uh, like it's a, a, mix, a mixture of clay, uh-huh. uh, limestone, and a little bit of uh, sand. Oh, that's cool. It's very interesting. Because that'll be different for the clay. Yeah, will it's beautiful softer. because if you're digging in the, in the, in the ground, uh-huh. you, you can see the different uh, layer also. Oh, of wow. Soil. Is that, and that's a result of the volcanic island or uh, a different yeah. result of uh, the... We are not close to, to the volcano, okay, okay. Uh, but uh, probably I think that there, were, there was some uh, influence probably. Of course. Yeah, there's a lot going on when plates converge because I yeah. think it's like two plates that converge right there. And yeah, there. there is also uh, sea uh, sediments. So oh, okay. Probably, wow, there's a lot going on in that dirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It'll make the wines more complex and definitely, blendable yeah, and definitely wholesome. Very, there are a little, little bit of minerality and thanks also with the climate, with the okay. um, the thermic excursion. You uh-huh. have also a wonderful balance in acidity. So they're very Love complex it. wine. Yeah. Cool. And where is the Edizione made? Edizione was, um, it's a very interesting wine because... Yes. Uh, at the time uh, when we come up with the edizione, uh-huh. it's funny because basically at the beginning, uh, as I told you, uh, my father with the two friends, they didn't have a lot of a uh, lot of money. So uh-huh. they only produced three type of wine that were entry level wine. So no oak, uh, just a very okay. attention. They, they pay attention to the quality, but they couldn't afford to make, you know, uh, aging in the oak because the barrels had, uh, were like kind of expensive. So right. they were only producing Montepulciano Sangiovese and the white wine, uh, which was a uh, pecorino. Okay. Easy drinking wine. Totally. Uh, we were lucky because one day, um, uh, Robert Parker, uh, I think after one day, uh, the full day, like tasting wines uh, oh. for... Uh, for writing the their article, so uh, he decided to have lunch in a restaurant in uh, in Los Angeles, uh, and mm-hmm. they went this uh, he went to in this Italian restaurant and asked for just a wine by the glass. So mm-hmm. the, I will say the restaurant uh, the the vino della casa. Okay, and the wait the waiters brought uh, brought uh, brought him a glass of our Montepulciano Fantini. Mm-hmm. He drank it and he really liked it. He liked it. So he mm-hmm. decided to write an article uh, about us saying uh, this wine is a very, uh, is a fantastic um, value for money wine. So wherever you are, just uh, buy it as, as much as you can because, <laughs> because it's a fantastic value for money wine. Great. So from that moment, uh, we came out of, so we went uh, out of stock of uh, Fantini Montepulciano, but we, ha- we attract a lot of uh, journalists mm-hmm. that were very interested about knowing our story. And mm-hmm. one of them was Hugh Johnson. Mm-hmm. So Hugh Johnson is mm-hmm. a famous uh, 
British uh, journalist, mm -hmm. one a journalist writer. which mm -hmm. was very focused on Italian wines. Uh -huh. So Giulio Johnson decided to come in Italy to visit some innovative, new innovative wineries mm -hmm. and decided to come to visit us. So the whole day, my father and the friends, they brought him to, uh, to taste the wines, to see a little bit of Bruzzo, also to promoting our region, which mm -hmm. is a little bit unknown. And uh, at the end, the night, uh, at night dinner, um, my father and the friends decided to, to buy some super, super Tuscan wines because we're okay. the most representative wine of Italy, especially in the 90s, uh, super Tuscan were the, the most important wines. So they bought some Macetos, Sicaia, Ornellaia. Yes. And Hugh Johnson, when the, he saw the bottle of, the, of those wines, said, no, guys, I refuse to drink this wine tonight. And they were completely like... They were completely stressed because oh they, they spent the whole, probably this whole salary to buy that wine. So I said, no, I don't want to drink this wine because, you know, Italian are crazy because you are investing a lot of money uh, in uh, international grapes. But Italy has more than 1,200 native grapes, mm -hmm. autochthon grapes. Mm -hmm. Why you are saying that uh, one, a wine that is a, a blend of... Um, Merlot and Cabernet, which I can find everywhere in the world, is mm -hmm. the most representative wine in Italy. You should work on something mm -hmm. unique, something that really uh, has the can express the potential, the great potentiality that Italy has, the mm -hmm. south of Italy has. So from that moment, uh, Filippo, which was one of the founder and also our maker, Okay, um, one of the three dreamers. Yes, one <laughs> of the three dreamers. He decided to start like trying and making uh, this word like really a mantra. So I really, okay. uh, it was very focused on this uh, challenge that uh, Hugh Johnson gave us. And after three years, he came up with this uh, edizione, which actually is a just, it was just a blend of, uh, of course, uh, five grapes. Okay. Montepulciano, uh, Sangiovese, that are grapes from Abruzzo, mm -hmm. Negramaro, Malvasia Nera, and uh, Primitivo, that are uh, grapes from Puglia. So mm -hmm. two regions blended together. So he just took a bottle, uh, just a very naked uh, black mm -hmm. bottle, and put it uh, a white uh, paper, just saying, Edizione Uno, saying that uh, this is only mm -hmm. the first edition, then if uh, there is something to correct, something to modify, then you can work in other, uh, and say, Edition Do, Edizione okay. Tre, until he reached uh, the perfect uh, blend. Right. And he shipped one bottle to you, Johnson. Time passed. My father was very worried because he said, okay, uh, even if you uh, Johnson like this one, I mean, for me, it's a problem because how can I sell this one that actually is a table one? Because when you, yeah. when you blend two uh, region, you cannot you name it. You can, exactly. Right. It's just a table one. Uh, so he was super worried about. Yeah. And uh, he, decided, he said, okay, since we are at the end of the year, maybe I will... Um, I will try to, to send this wine in a competition. The only competition right. that at the time of the end of, was November, more or less, uh, was available, was in Sydney. So he shipped oh. one bottle of Edizione okay. to Sydney because thinking that maybe even if you, if you take a bronze medal, maybe, I mean, can help the Everything sales, helps, you know. Right. Time passed. He completely forgot about this project uh, and went ahead uh, um, wow. with the three, three you know, entry-level wines mm -hmm. that I was telling mm -hmm. before. 
Uh, one day, uh, we received a call from an, England, uh, an English man, uh, and he asked us for a wine that uh, was interested about, but um, my father completely forgot about the edizione. So oh. he was saying, no, we only produce uh, Montepulciano, Sangiovese, and Pecorino. And he said, no, 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 I tried this wine uh, at the office of a very good friend, and I won that wine. And suddenly my father realized that was uh, that wine, the, the blend, oh the blending wine. And uh, he said, okay, but uh, w- w- what do you want? I mean, how many bottles? He said, okay, I want, a whole, I want it all. I mean, I want it all. How many, how many bottles do you have? <laughs> 25 I want, cases. I want to buy yeah. all. <laughs> Basically, the, we, we sold the whole, the whole production, which was not big. It was no. a, a small how production. How many cases you know, was it? Uh, how many was maybe uh, three, four barriques. Not, oh, okay, not okay. that much because yeah. it, was a, it was just, a, you know, a trill. It was just, a, right. we were tempting to... Just you know, playing around. So we sold everything to <laughs> this English man, and Great. my father was—I uh, mean, he was—he was, he was um, like completely impressed because that one that was so difficult to sold, it was sold just one time. That's you fascinating, know? totally. But then, a few weeks later, we received a call from the Sydney competition. Oh yes, that, uh, basically asked us that uh, the wines was uh, elected the best wine outside of Australia. So the wow. best, uh, yeah, the best uh, non-Australian wine. Congratulations. And so cool. to, um, to, to get the prize, to get the reward, we had to, to take part to the gala event and mm. sending fi- 15 cases of this wine. So oh, you can imagine. <laughs> wow. So basically, we were the first consumer of our edizione one because we had to resell re, re, actually rebuy the wines from the UK men and ship it to Sydney because no otherwise way. we were losing the mod, the medal you know the oh my gosh so because we you didn't have any back yeah, stock because exactly. you sold all no, to all of them so we were the first consumer of the edizione we have some more wine but back. actually that wine was the one that uh, make us um, that uh, help us to win uh, uh, three times in a row best winery of of the year, uh, best Italian producer, in uh, 2016, in uh, 17 and 19. Wow! And uh, it's the one that got so many gold medals. It has a ton of awards. Yes. So, in it pre- is. so yeah, for those listening, Luca Maroni, 99 points on this wine. Yeah. And then there's like 15 other awards on this wine. But you know, because it's a one that is is unique because it's difficult to you know right. reply because it's a blend of five grapes from two regions, yeah. and in this case, you cannot say I, I can do it. Uh, I can. Uh, no one can uh, can can do the same because uh, it's unique. It doesn't have any appellation, so mm-hmm. it's just a table wine. This is the Basically. pure freedom of Italian exactly. wine. <laughs> pure freedom. That's awesome. Oh my gosh! Thank you for sharing that story. That was like a delight to listen to. Um, before we wrap, I wanted to just get a note, anything else you want to add, but also, like, tell me about the fun stuff that you do at Fantini Wines. Like, I know you can come make pasta with Norarita. You can have aperitivi con i amici in the <laughs> field, like this long dinner table. So, like, what other fun things Let's are going say on? That we, we, have, we have fun. It say. seems like you'll have fun. <laughs> we have fun. We have fun. No, no. We, Nonarita is, uh, she's 90. 
but she's acting like uh, more than me. I mean, she's uh, she's feeling probably she feels dirty. She's because, super uh, free, that's why she's, gosh, she runs. See, those that are 90 are also included in under 30s because <laughs> exactly. there's so much going on. Yeah. You cannot imagine. So sometimes happen that uh, we organize uh, pasta masterclass with Nonna Rita. So Nonna Rita oh, helps. Nice. Yeah, for example, we do it spe- especially when uh, we have some uh, clients or importers that come okay. from, uh, for visiting us from abroad so it's nice also to let them uh, uh, dive a little bit into the culture and the mm-hmm. tradition that's why we always use Nonnarita to make pasta and she try to teach them to make tagliatella or chitarrina mm-hmm. which are very traditional dishes from Abruzzo oh what a treat that's awesome. Yeah. And she teaches them outside, right? And there. We have a winery inside resort. And outside. Oh, great. Yeah, we have a winery resort oh, in Borgo Bacino. Beautiful. Yeah, so that's why we, we normally do all these activities in, uh, okay. in our winery resort. <gasps> How many rooms at the resort? Uh, we have 14 rooms. Oh, nice. Uh, it's very nice because it's, it's uh, in the interland of, um, of Abruzzo, but not too far from the sea. So it's 10 okay. kilometers from the sea and uh, four, 30 kilometers from the mountain. So in the middle. Okay, nice. Hidden in, uh, in the vineyard. Wow. And uh, see, it's a very, if you want to disconnect, it's the place to be. Gorgeous. And the, the, the under 30s definitely need to disconnect sometimes. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. By reconnecting to the earth and its wines. Oh my gosh, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Julia. Thank you so much. It was a treat to hear everything. Um, I hope that we got through all. Yes, we touched on everything we wanted to. Everyone who's listening has to go seek out Fantini wines <laughs> and go to Abruzzo as soon as possible. One, to make pasta with Nonarita, but also to taste um, the Edizione and other wines. Um, So thank you so much. It was a real joy. And I learned so much today. So, chin chin. Chin chin. Grazie mille. Tante grazie for joining me today. Remember to catch our episodes weekly on the Italian Wine Podcast. Available everywhere you get your pods. Salute.